Hi everyone, welcome to Let's Talk Trash, a Zero Waste Stockholm podcast. My name is Susanna Cook and in this series I'm going to be talking to environmentally engaged individuals about their experience of zero waste living. So, let's talk trash! Welcome everybody, uh, today I am here with Caro, who is uh, Caro Low Carbon on Instagram, where, correct me if I'm wrong Caro, you post quite a lot of um, daily tips and tricks about uh, having a more low carbon lifestyle, so obviously someone we're very keen to talk to on this podcast, more looking at waste, but always branching out into more sustainability, so uh, I guess over to you to introduce yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. So yes, I have the profile on Instagram, Carol Low Carbon, when I, where I'm sharing the tips from my uh, private life. And uh, yeah, I've been studying the renewable energy science uh, in Iceland. It started 10 years ago. And uh, then I learned about the climate change and the impact of the climate change on the humanity and other living species on this planet and uh, with this knowledge gradually I've been increasing my interest within this field and uh, professionally I work uh, within the climate and energy as well. Oh very nice I, I do find talking to people in the sphere that it does become a bit of a gateway drug you sort of have the either the academic or something happening in your personal life and it just sort of slightly takes over so you I guess you kind of touched there on um when ish you decided to try and live a, a more low carbon but why specifically mm. yeah i think it's uh, you know when i was uh, young i said i i would like to work with regional development and it's because the development depends on the resources on the knowledge and i found it really interesting and during my uh, studies, I heard about renewable energy science. And then I said, wow, that's super exciting because energy was so much aggregated on the market. And if we will enable all the people to generate their own renewable energy, this uh, income distribution will go all across the society, which I found it very exciting. and. Uh, then I joined the, yeah, at renewable, uh, the School for Renewable Energy Science. And then, you know, when you un- try, start to understand the impact of the climate change and what we are doing to the planet and ecosystems, then uh, I think naturally people with this knowledge are getting hooked into, oh my God, what I can do about that, how I can change it, how I can do my part and uh, how to scale it up that more people know about Mm. it and uh, as you said like when you start you cannot stop because uh, very often we say that you know when you would like to live a low carbon way you need to reduce many things but at the same time uh, you are getting the positive loop of uh, feedback because you are creating positive impact on the planet Mm. which is which is becoming a reward and uh, then you just would like to do more and more and integrate more stuff and try the new things. And then you share with other, with your friends, family, colleagues at work, and you are constantly getting inspired. Yeah, I guess if that's a great way of thinking about it. It's not really about restricting how you live. It's about doing something that is 
ultimately like a net positive, whether that is like more big picture thinking in terms of sustainability globally, but also I think especially with the tips and tricks that you share, like repairing things and just making sure to like increase the life cycle usage of different things, you do get a, a tangible positive in your kind of day-to-day -day life, I think. So if, if I was to press you in describing uh, what reducing either waste or carbon in your day-to-day -day life means to you in three words, do you think you'd be able mm -hmm. to give me three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will give three words and then I will try to expand them. But uh, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> one word is reduce, second is share, and the third is repair. And I think when we talk about reduce, because uh, we don't need to own so many things, that's one part. And then, you know, the less materials we are consuming, you know, the lower extraction of these materials from the natural environment as well. Uh, then the second part, it's about uh, reducing uh, the diet that is not uh, planet friendly. So moving much more into planet based diet, reducing emissions as well. Uh, and then when it comes to sharing, it's uh, how you can fulfill your needs by sharing the things, some of the products with others. And, I think my favorite example is about car sharing. For example, uh, four years ago, when we uh, moved to Sweden, uh, we decided to sell our cars and not to buy a new one. And uh, then we see that there are like car sharing platforms appearing when you can actually just take a car from the street, use it for you know a couple of minutes, couple of hours, day, few days, whatever your need are, and you don't need to own the vehicle. And what is interesting that uh, in average, the cars are being uh, used uh, by person uh, less than 10% uh, over oh, wow. the time when we possess it. So actually just imagine like all the resources going into production of the car and then for majority of the time, it's just standing there and mm. not being used. And I think this sharing part enables not only to reduce material usage, but as well reduce of cost of living. Mm. Because then we don't have the constant costs as well that we I'm need to pay an additional spaces. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, I believe we are just at the beginning of this sharing mm. journey when it will be much more cheaper uh, to live uh, when we start to share more resources. Something that I hope when it comes to talking to people like you about kind of changing the mindset a bit, it's very much creating a sense of community that I think we've lost. Because even in kind of an, in a modern sense with a car sharing scheme, you're coming mm -hmm. into contact with a lot more people. And especially if you're kind of uh, repairing things or having like lopis everywhere and <laughs> buying from your neighbors, it's very much kind of more localized, which I think is quite nice. So on that vein, I guess, you, you mentioned like friends, family, work colleagues, what do you think people have most misunderstood when you start to talk to them about living more sustainably? Hmm. I think, yeah, I think one part is uh, that people say, oh, it's so complex. But at the end, when you find the right solutions, these solutions are solving many of the uh, issues that are connected to sustainability. That's one. So when you do, for example, repairing the, uh, the stuff or you are buying secondhand, it can be, che can be cheaper for you. It can create additional jobs. Uh, and at the same time, it can reduce the amount of uh, resources used to fulfill your needs. 
And the other part, I think uh, we started to see a lot of products and communication that something is sustainable. And it is about being mindful that sustainability has a definition which says it's about overlap between positive impact uh, on the society, positive impact on the uh, environment and positive uh, economic uh, dimension. So if something is truly sustainable, has positive impact on all of these three areas. And very often when we say something has positive social impact, we, we call it automatically sustainable, which very often doesn't mean that. Mm, so yeah. I think that's uh, really interesting how we use the words uh, more and more from, uh, from the sustainability, positive environmental footprint, uh, footprint or uh, social impact, but we not always really take the right, the right wording. And then the other one, yeah, action is at the end uh, quite simple is if you find the right solutions. Yeah, definitely. And I guess also you have on, on the one hand, when it comes to like these buzzwords, you have the big brands and uh, that use these um, words in their marketing campaigns, the massive like greenwashing. And then also, I think, to be honest, we do get some government initiatives as well that talk the talk, but don't necessarily walk the walk. Uh, mm. And in your opinion, do you think that uh, governments can uh, help encourage people to reduce their carbon carbon emissions in day-to-day -day life? And if so, how? How do you think we should go about that? Yeah, I think the first part is uh, definitely yes. <laughs> and uh, one of the first steps is elimination of subsidies for, for fossil fuels as well as the industries uh, with high uh, negative impact. And I think that's the first step. The second step is how encouraging investments within the uh, shared infrastructure, as well as EV charging infrastructure, uh, which is enabling to scale up uh, the implementation of solutions. And it makes the use of electric car, for example, much more convenient if there is more infrastructure. Uh, the other part is about enabling the innovation, as well as uh, reusing the financial incomes from taxation to support people within the energy poverty, for example, to enable them to transition and implement the right solutions if uh, there is a negative impact coming from the transition. So governments have massive role to play and uh, they have quite many uh, tools uh, to use. I think they're responsible as well. They're the ones with the power at the end of the day. So if, if something can be done, they should be the ones leaving, leading the way. So if you were, I guess, a world president of the day or you had a magic wand <laughs> tomorrow, what would, what's the number one thing that you would do to kind of improve our current mm -hmm. society? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, it's maybe good to mention that we all have power to change. And I think that's, uh, Whatever we are actually, uh, and whatever we do, uh, we are impacting people around us. So, and of course, the more you earn, the bigger power you have, the higher leadership position you are in, the higher responsibility you have mm. on that one. Uh, and the one of the first points, I think, is to walk the talk and uh, <laughs> and show through your actions, actually, that you are doing the right, uh, taking the right actions. Yeah. The second one, it's making it uh, affordable and convenient for people to live within the low uh, climate footprint. 
and uh, price the high pollution and negative impact to reverse the current trend that some of the heavy polluting sectors are receiving uh, subsidies. Yeah, definitely. So kind of on a, on a more day-to-day -day local scale rather than kind of ultimate power, what mm -hmm. would you say from your experience of posting on Instagram, what are, are the top tips that people engage with most? Yeah, I think one is definitely diet. And uh, I think we can see how many uh, uh, already even, uh, we can find how many great profiles and people who are sharing uh, the tips how to cook plant-based food and, and uh, what are the uh, good examples. So I think that's one. The second is definitely uh, changing the aspiration around, around uh, repairing the products and uh, how to uh, buy secondhand. And from one perspective, because people are looking for these solutions already, what is the most convenient way? So wherever yeah. you share something, people are, you know, want to know more. And the, the, la the last part that I would share is connected very much to uh, what is the impact actually of the solution that very often uh, we want to act, but we don't know what is the ultimate impact of this action, especially when you said that there is a number of miscommunication when it comes to the what is the right solution, what is the impact, so it's easy to be lost. Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. So I guess leading on from that very nicely, if, mm. if it's easy to be lost, do you think then convenience or inconvenience is one of the biggest barriers for people to try and change their lifestyle? Mm. Uh, I think convenience definitely, it is uh, one of the major, major part. However, looking, you know, few years back, we are already living in a world where it's much more convenient than in the past. Uh, for example, in, in, uh, when you live in Sweden, you can check what is the footprint of your grocery at the supermarket on the monthly basis and see, okay, so what was the CO2 footprint of all the products that I bought specific month? And then to see, okay, how I can improve it. Uh, which is, I think, super exciting uh, to have this uh, possibility. Mm, it makes it like a competition. <laughs> exactly. And then you have even on this website, the target, what is 2030 target? Yeah. What is the average person in Sweden? And then you are getting uh, engaged on that one. And the same like the secondhand stores and the, the platforms when you can buy the secondhand products are scaling up so quickly and it's becoming so much convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess... To, to flip it, what we want to do is make that even more convenient to make sure that people can kind of pick the low-hanging fruit, as it were. And um, kind of talking about uh, the difficult two years that we've all had, how do you think that uh, we can move on and build from the coronavirus pandemic in a more sustainable way? Because obviously we've seen some positives, like less flying and a reduction in carbon emissions, but then obviously... When everything opens up again, people go back to flying, energy demand goes up. And it's, do you think we can sustain the sustainable, I guess? Mm. Uh, I'm sure there are some learnings which we'll take from, from the pan pandemic and uh, not everything will change automatically. But uh, uh, during the pandemic, we saw how important it is about connecting to, connected to the nature. First of all, that, you know, 
having the ecosystem around that is protecting us, it's so important. And in, if nature is collapsing, then it's starting to affect us. So I think these links to, became much stronger in uh, people's minds and uh, awareness. Uh, the uh, second part, which I was observing here in Sweden, was really cool to see how many people are going to spend time in the nature. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I think that's the part of this nature connection is definitely something what, what we see, uh, as well as doing some of the things at home, like cooking at home. Uh, it's yeah, the area which I believe it will uh, stay uh, within some of the yeah level. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that because I guess on the one hand, you could say that the pandemic has kind of hopefully made us more aware of how we treat our natural environment. If you think about the supposed uh, cause, I guess, of uh, mm -hmm. the uh, wet food market. But then also it's exactly like you say, when, when your only recourse to doing something outside of your own home is going into nature. Hopefully, mm. I think people have understood that that's good for them and that they should do it a bit more. <laughs> more. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, and going for going for a socially distant walk with a friend is a great way to catch up, I think. <laughs> indeed. And the, the other part, I think what we see, you can see already is the uh, amount of uh, cyclists within the cities. Mm, and definitely. Uh, like Paris, for example, is a great example when where the number of people using bikes increased drastically, uh, the same in London. And uh, then when you are starting to use the bike for the day for the commuting, you start to see a lot of benefits uh, from your health perspective as well. Mm, and also your wallet, especially as I'm learning, uh, moving back to London. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings me to the end of uh, my questions. It's gone very fast, but are there any other initiatives organizations, movements that you would like to promote or just wish people knew more about? Yeah. Uh, maybe the what I would like to, to share is like what steps to take to just get into this journey. I think that yeah, first, it. like use the calculator, find the CO2 calculator, understand what is the, the footprint of your lifestyle. And then you will easily define the areas where you can, uh, you should focus on to reduce your, your impact. Uh, then the second step will be to find the uh, uh, interesting solutions and platforms which can support you. And uh, already there are so many accounts on Instagram where you can find the uh, solutions and where different companies uh, are presented, uh, which can enable you uh, to do it, uh, to reduce uh, footprint in a, in a much more affordable way as well as convenient way. And uh, don't think as well about re uh, reducing the, your footprint as only additional costs, because it can be as well more affordable for your wallet. As you said, like, for example, cycling, you're saving as well money. When you're buying secondhand, you're saving money. When you are buying less processed food and fresh veggies, during the season, you are as well saving money. So there are many uh, co-financial benefits uh, already today that you, you can use. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really important to highlight. It's easier than you think it is. <laughs> mm, yeah, just go for it and start. Yeah, just take the first step, do the first thing. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Caros. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you very much for listening to Let's Talk Trash with me, Susanna Cook. 
More details about Zero Waste Stockholm and the interviewees can be found in the show notes. Please follow us on Instagram at zerowaste.stockholm and like us on Facebook. If you want to join us in making trash a thing of the past, please visit our website at zerowastestockholm.org and click Get Involved. Thank you.